Welcome to the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the birders that pursue them. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Shrobsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Pot. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously, where to find amazing birds. Head on over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com, and be sure to sign up to our newsletter on the site so you do not miss out on any of the exciting things that are coming up. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, and please take some time to rate and comment on it. So I want to welcome everyone to the first of our Burning Life show. And the difference with this is normally the way it works is I do an interview with some with someone else. This is an opportunity for where, where the whole Burning Life team gets together. There's Calvin, there's Tyron, there's Chris as our producer at the back there. And we just get together once a month and we're going to talk about whatever comes up. And we do apologize for Tyron in advance um, if he says anything that... Um, it doesn't necessarily reflect Calvin in my own views. I'm <laughs> no, just joking. Like, we, I think he'll be. I think he'll behave. But yeah, it's just a lot. Of, it's the idea of this. Just to have a lot of fun and just to chat about whatever. And we hope that you can enjoy the show. I hope you can enjoy this format. Be a little bit different. We'll throw some tips in along the way. But we might just talk a whole lot of nonsense also about birds and life. And Tyron might speak about wine also. I'm sure it will be somewhere on the line. And yeah, just have a whole lot of fun. So. Just to get started, um, I know Calvin's been doing a lot of the, uh, the stuff on YouTube, um, Tyron's been doing some great blog stuff, and this, the behind the scenes, the website, you've been driving that like crazy. So I think before we you know, get started with the other stuff we're going to discuss, maybe just, uh, just a, a one minute overview of who you are, and yeah, just maybe why you got involved with the birding life. So Calvin, start with you. Um, cool. Okay, thanks, Adam. Yeah, so I think what... Um I'll start with what attracted me to the birding life and then a little bit more about myself. But I think um, what I picked up on very early and very early on, um, certainly during lockdown, and I think a lot of these things were were started during lockdown, these similar type platforms and, and people really embracing social media and taking whatever their interest is and, and putting it on social media and sharing it with others who like what they do. You know, I picked up on, on your podcast that you started. Um, I was really, really interested in it. Uh, as I said to you, I think early on you were talking about things and you were interviewing the people that I would uh, I would certainly want to hear about from myself. And, um, you know, if it's a half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour podcast, you know, doesn't that just tie in so nicely to our day-to-day life in oh. terms of driving around and, and listening, listening about not only local birding things, international birding things, um, you know, reviews, everything that... that that goes into th- this passion and this hobby of ours that we like. So I was naturally drawn into that. Um, I think we had been birding a couple of times before mm-hmm. as well, so we obviously knew each other a little bit. And then through this journey, we've got to know each other uh, a lot better. Just a bit more about myself. Um, so I'm a small business owner. I've got my own recruitment company. Um, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, during lockdown, I found I had a lot more time on my hands than I probably would have liked. But I suppose out of those things, you know, out of, out of those mm. stripes, you can see an opportunity, which, which um, allowed me to focus uh, a little bit on the birding life and to get involved. And um, like you mentioned earlier, um, my big interest and my big um, sort of driving factor and, and the value that I thought I could add to this was getting the YouTube channel off the ground mm. and um, 
and just creating some sort of visual and, and, and video content. Um, have zero experience with it, never ever done in my life, but you know, ex- <laughs> keen to jump in the deep end and I've really learned so much. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's I think me in terms of my involvement. I, th- I think the crazy thing is a lot of people think when they listen to The Burning Life that there was this whole like master plan that was put together mm-hmm. And the reality is we're figuring a lot of this out as we go along. It's just we just want to share our journey with people and just have a lot of fun. I think it's quite crazy. The podcast was just like you said, just happened in lockdown. Lockdown yeah. made us do it. Yeah. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been quite a fun. So, Tyron, over to you. <laughs> this could get scary. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's it's nice to be a part part of something you know, and, and do birding with friends. And I also think... We need to educate the people out mm. there, information on birding and products and service providers. I find that a lot of people are like sheep. They're always just chasing the same rarities or mm. downloading the same app mm. or going to the same destinations. I think there's a lot of information, new information that we can provide to people out there. That's mm. why I'm quite interested in doing reviews and, and blog articles and trying to get the word out about, about different things for people to know. And what do you do for a what do you do for a job? I mean, just so people don't think you're a drug dealer or anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a software developer, so I'm naturally drawn to the IT mm. side of things and the website and social media. I, th- I think I think what's what's been really exciting for me, and we've had a lot of discussions behind the scene as to how this must look and and as to what this what this brand should look like. And I think what I'm really really excited about is is, is I mean, I've been birding for about four five years, not as long as other people. So I'm experienced enough that I'm a little bit further ahead in the journey than other people, but I'm also new enough as a birder that I know, I know the struggles that new birders have. And I think uh, that's something which I'm excited about, is not just helping people that might know a lot about birding, because I think there's a lot of people helping those people out there, but helping people that are maybe new into this, helping them to, like you said, put resource into their hands. You know, what, what bird book to get? What, mm. pair, of, what pair of bins should you get? Um, what app should you put on your phone? I think it's and it's trying to just be put the resource and just be just be a hopefully be a service to the birding community. Mm. I, I think um, off the back of that, and, and we've spoken about this, you know, loosely, but the birding world itself can be a little bit intimidating, mm. uh, especially for newer birders, as you said, because you know anyone just has to flick onto Facebook and see all the amazing birds, and they you know they'll name it, they'll tell you where it lives, they'll give you the scientific name and things like that. So. You know, someone who, who just likes a picture of a pretty bird, that can be quite intimidating to ask for assistance in, in terms of an ID or where to go birding or is this safe or what. And, I mean, we've all we've all been there because we've all started out as new birders, mm. but, like, what binoculars to get are your first ones? You know, what camera to get for bird photography? I want to take photos like Richard Flax. How, how do I take photos like him? How do I edit? And, and I'm sure as we go along and, and do these sort of, uh, roundtables or, or the Birding Life show and, and um, other plans that we have in terms of uh, YouTube and podcasts that we can just op- try mm. and unlock a lot of that to new birders because, um, you know, if you, you get all types in, 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 in any hobby that you like. There's those that like to share information. There's those that, that don't like to share information. So um, hopefully we can open it up a and, bit more. And I, think, and I think the frustration, not to like undermine any of the website or anything, the frustration we had when we started was, and I think we all had this frustration, I'm sure that a lot of people listening would have the same frustration. It's like, you know, you, you want to go to a, a place. Like, for example, this morning I, w- I went to Thurlow. Mm. Um, and you go Google Thurlow and you go check uh, what's at Thurlow. And 
most of the sites, unfortunately, just let's be honest, are actually out of date. You go on yeah. the third row and, mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking about birds that were seen when when Moses came out the ark. I think they were literally <laughs> just came out. I, I know, like, they're really that old. Um, the location about the, de- the you, you sometimes rock up at the place and the information about the place sometimes is even closed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one thing we've, we've, we've tried to do is to put information that is up to date, that is, that is relevant, that is fresh, that is up to date, that is, that is honest. I think that's something we try to also do is not just to put stuff out there just to try and please a sponsor or please a crowd, but to actually, if people read the stuff, that's going to be honest. It's going to be an honest assessment of, of what that place is like. And that's just the, the GoPro dying off there. What I was also going to say is that I think what you've been very good at, Adam, is, is democratizing um, this platform as well. When I say that, I mean, you know, it's not only us four that are involved in this and in, in contributing information. You know, if, if we know of a, of a decent birder that's in an area and they've been to Thurlow or a, a location that we know is quite popular, we ask them to write a review mm-hmm. or to give us feedback on it so that it's, it's, it's for birders by birders. And, and um, I think that that's also the large appeal of it so that, you know, it's not only just our opinions. It's, it's, it's average birders, good birders, you know, new birders that, that, that contribute towards this. And just just the question, I don't know if you also want to be just jumping on this tower and why, if we've gone to Facebook, let's be honest, there's, I don't know how many birding, there's birding pages, birding groups, there's, man, you can go onto the internet, there's hundreds of birding websites. Why do you guys feel that there's there's the need for another platform out there? Why do you think there's, why do you think the birding life is, is, is relevant at a time like this? Yeah, what is your thoughts around that? Well, I think we're also more easygoing, you know, we're not part of a big organization or a club. I think there's too much political correctness in these organizations and people are scared to say what they actually think. And I think with us, it's more relaxed. We give our views, we don't hold back, and we also look into new avenues mm. of, of things that people aren't, aren't exploring. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think just by the response, I mean, the response that we've received from the birding public has, has proven that there was clearly people didn't know that they wanted this kind of thing. Mm. And and the response, uh, certainly from the podcast and the website and, you know, Instagram and all the social media that ties into the birding life, the response has been fantastic. So I think, as Tyron said, you know, it's we, we're, uh, there's nothing else like this mm. that, that I can compare us to um, in any in any sphere, which is which has been which has been great so far. And, and it's amazing, you know, when I started this up now, and I hope this is not going to give anyone else an, an, an idea, but let me just say it anyway. It, it actually amazed me that, they, that, you know, in South Africa, which has the diversity of birds that there are, the, the amazing birding spots there are, this has been one of the, the only podcasts that has started and kept, kept on going. It, it's amazing. I mean, I went online, and I, before this, a lot of the, the reason I started this was I was looking for this information, that, the nets, and it wasn't there. Mm. And, I mean, there's the American Birding Association podcast, which is amazing. There was Bill Thompson III did the podcast. There's some really good podcasts from overseas. And South Africa didn't have anything like that. And I, it, it actually surprised me. And it's, for me, what's been really great with this, um, this journey is, is being able to give an organization like BirdLife South Africa just such regular um, exposure, having guys like Andrew DeBlock, Mark Anderson's been on the show, Melissa, uh, how's White Cross, um, I probably forgot some of the other ones, but just giving them exposure. And for me, uh, an organization like BirdLife South Africa, I'm just so passionate about trying to get guys, just giving them the exposure on the show. So I think this is these are the things I've been proud of. It's, you know, people might think it's the fact that we got whatever, this amount of followers on Facebook. It's, that's, that means 
baloney in the long run. I'm being honest, it's the fact that we've been able to, you know, work alongside organizations like BirdLife South Africa, BirdLife Port Natal earlier on in this in this campaign, and just different people and, and hopefully we've we've made a bit of an impact in this year. Yeah, and, and I mean I think that there there is something for everyone. Um, you know, if you're not necessarily interested in the latest rarity, but you you interested in, in a comparison between the birding apps that are out there, they, they, we've got that already. Um, you know, uh, do you want to physically go and see what, just for an example, what Glinza Forest is like? You know, you might have heard about it if you're not from KZN or not from South Africa. And our plan is to to do videos at, mm. at as many birding destinations as possible, so you can physically see it for yourself. All right. I like that. I don't like that. Maybe that terrain doesn't suit me. I'm, I'm a, maybe a more frail person. I can't walk there. You know, all those sort of things. And, you know, the more more information we can put out there, we only we can only grow birding. I mean, as as we know, um, the stats are telling us that bird watching or birding is the fastest growing hobby in the world. Mm. So why why should we not be doing this? I think, you know, the more information we put out, the better. And it's also amazing we put the directory out and Tyron's been pushing that a lot. It's, you know, it amazes me as we talk about birding being the second biggest hobby in the world. I've been to so many places and before I go to the place, ah, you know what? I mean, I know there's people that care about how many jacuzzis there are, how many people are, you know, where the mongooses are going to massage their back when they arrive. Mm. There's people that care about that. I, I don't care about that. Yeah. All I want to know is what birds am I going to see? Yes. I will sleep on a flipping stretcher if there's going to be uh, uh, an African pitcher that's going to come outside my window every morning and, and wake me up, I, I will sleep on a stretcher. So if anyone's listening, you've got stretchers, African pitters, we, we open for a weekend like that. Mm-hmm. But, and, and it's amazing that there's this market in, locally and internationally. I mean, um, what people might not know is, as our biggest podcast listener base is from the States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got this opportunity, and I, you know, I'm just going to say it, we've even had times where we, we give this free opportunity for a birding direction. You know, you have to sometimes beg people to come on board. And I don't think that the South African tourism sector has yet realized the potential that birding has, mm-hmm. the, the AV tourism um, actually has. I think there's, there's, there's so much potential. Yes, people want to see the big five, but, you know, one thing I know about birders is that if, if I hear there's a leopard in Kruger, people don't get in their car and chase up to a leopard in Kruger. Yeah. An Egyptian vulture shows up, then all of a sudden, brew, guys are getting in their cars yeah. and they're booking accommodation. They, they will pay whatever. I mean, I've heard of guys paying 30,000 rand for one or two nights accommodation yeah. to get a bird in another country. And or we missing, won't mention or names. Missing, <laughs> yeah, I say, or missing that bird and paying so much money. But that directory is a fantastic, uh, fantastic platform. I don't know. And if we want to maybe just talk a little bit more about it and, and, and what it or the potential for it. And just how free is the bottom carry, Tyrone? How free is that carry? Is it actually free? Or is it, how free is it? Well, I think we, as Adam's mentioned, we've, we've launched an accommodation directory. But the difference is it's targeted at birders and the AV tourism industry. So the accommodation providers tell us what birds are in the area, what resources they provide for, for birders on their properties, if they you know, have walking trails on their property, if they do guided tours. So it's all the information that we're looking for ourselves when we want to go on a, on a birding holiday. And mm. I think, I think if, if there are any accommodation venues that do want to encourage birders to come to their place, but they're not sure of the birds that are around them, themselves, well, get in touch with us. We'll, we'll help you with that. Um, whether we go, whether we physically come to your premises and, and, and have a look and mm. give you a bird list, or we just assist you with with our knowledge that you know the likely birds that there are to find, we would rather have you on the directory so that birders can find mm. you than than to not be one of the names that that birders recommend. 
we're talking about our international viewers. I think this is the time to ask this. There's uh, maybe it's something to do with Google or something, but our top country listeners is the states, which is fine. There's a place called Council Bluffs in the states. Now I don't know if this is a Google thing that they do. We're trying to figure this out, or if there are actually listeners from a place called um, Council Bluffs. Chris, where was it again? Ohio. Ohio. So if you are a listener from overseas, maybe you can just um, in you know even just drop us. I'll put the email, our email address. Uh, you maybe just drop us a, a mail. Just let us know where you listen to from. If you're from Council Bluffs, let us know so we can find a little bit about the birds in your place. We're very interested now. I think there's, we have listeners from all over the world. Maybe just drop us a mail. Let us know where you're listening from. It'd be really cool to know, you know how far and wide this is going. We've obviously got stats, which are cool, but it's nice to put a, a name to a stat because yeah. our, our listeners aren't just stats. They are people that we actually want to connect with. And, and, and that's exactly it. Get in touch with us. I mean, we, we had... Uh, we had Kaylin O'Connor. Um, uh, 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 Canada, all the way from Canada. Yes, exactly. I mean, who knows anything about Canada? Except, exactly. except all you know about Canada is what you learned from How I Met Your Mother. That's right. <laughs> and and so if you are listening to us from overseas or, or from wherever it be, uh, Australia, India, anywhere in the world, get in touch with us. We'd love to have you on the podcast. And we we want to know about the birds in your oh, area as well. Yeah. You know, the, the idea of the birding life is to not be only specific to South or Southern Africa. We want to we want to feature global birders and global birds. You know, it's it's certainly an interest of all of ours uh, about the birds that are uh, around the world. But it's just because we we starting on our on our home patch and then we expanding from there. And and that that expansion naturally lends itself to making connections worldwide. We have just launched the Birding Life YouTube account. We are looking forward to proudly showcasing Southern Africa's best birds, birding spots and even the fascinating people that make up the world of birding. We already have two videos that have been posted, which showcase two of our favorite KZN birding spots. We'll post a link to the YouTube channel in the comment section of this podcast. Be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell to make sure you don't miss out on any of the great content that we'll be posting. Well, chatting about rare birds, um, we want to try it. You know, each of these episodes, we might try to get Trevor on, on some of them mm. and... But just, you know, Calvin, maybe just, just chat about some of the rare birds we've seen. I know, like, at the moment, if you're outside of KZN, KZN at the moment is, like, mm. a hot spot. I mean, mm. I don't know if you got the birds. I went the other day, like, you know, these awesome presenters of the birding life went there last week, mm. and we did a thing, and it dipped. It was the weather was the worst yeah. weather ever in the history of yeah. birding. So, yeah, tell us about some of the, the cool birds. I mean, I know there's lots, but just tell us some of the highlights. If you want to throw some comments in there, Tyron, go for it. Yeah. 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 Um, well, well, just just for our listeners um, and our viewers, actually, um, the, the birds that uh, the bird that um, Adam is mentioning now, there's a there was a greater sand plover seen by almost every bird about in in <laughs> Durban except us when we went to go and look for it. There was a howling northeasterly wind, and this was seen at the the Mgeni, uh, mouth, um, the estuary there. And it wasn't just one. There was a couple of birds that we seen, and we didn't see any of them. Exactly. All we saw was flipping swift turns. I mean, really. Yeah, exa- yeah, no, and yeah, we just got uh, we got some salt in our eyes. That's pretty much <laughs> it. And then I tried to I tried to go and look for it again this morning on the way here, and uh, again, no luck. The weather was bad. It was raining, um, but I mean that shouldn't be any excuse for a bird. But I'm I'm claiming it. Well, I can only. In terms of what, what, what uh, rare birds have been seen in and around uh, Southern Africa, um, uh, the, the first thing I'm going to say is get in touch with Trevor Hardacre. Um, his email address, I will, we'll put it in the links uh, below in the description of this, uh, of this YouTube video and the podcast. But um, if you're interested in getting what we call the rare bird alert that goes out, I, I see his latest uh, mail now said it is going to go back to twice a week where all the rare birds are, are, are compiled that, are, that, that have been seen. 
that, that Trevor's aware of, and then he sends out that mail and you get an alert. Um, so some of the most notable ones, I'll just, um, I'll just sort of breeze over the most notable from, from each province. Um, in the Western Cape, uh, a long-toed lapwing uh, is still hanging around, it seems, uh, in and around Leet, Reet Play. How many kilometers? That's out of quite, a, quite, a, quite far a range. Uh, the the long-toed lapwing. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a Zambian bird. Uh, I stand to be corrected. Yeah, so it's it's certainly from from higher up in southern Africa. Um, I don't even I don't think we can call Zambia southern Africa as yet, but um, I'm sure I'll be corrected heavily uh, on this and where that bird's distribution is. But I, I know that it's not often seen in South Africa. So that's a notable one down from the Western Cape. Um, off KZN, um, I know that Adam Riley of Rock Jumper Birding, um, they went on a pelagic earlier this week and got uh, Barrow's Petrel, which is a fantastic bird. It's actually a target bird for me on my next uh, pelagic um, that's, uh, that, that's seen around about this time of the year, um, early summer, um, off the waters of KwaZulu-Natal. Generally about 20 to 30 k's out to sea on, on the pelagic trips of scene. Um, I mentioned earlier the great sand plover. Uh, it seems like European honey buzzards are coming back to KZN now as well. You were uh, on yesterday, Tyron. Uh, oh, there we go. Ago, yeah. they're, they're migrating back down from, from up north. Just scrolling down my list here. In Pumalanga, it looks like there's been a swallowtail bee eater scene. Um, there's still African skimmers in and around um, Kruger, the Kruger area there, local over bridge uh, near Balule, it seems. Northwest, uh, there's been a ruddy turnstone um, seen at the edge of a dam. And then going down to Namibia, there's a swamp boo-boo that's been seen at uh, Swakopmund uh, Retirement Village. Oh, Still quite a few yellow-throats and leaf loves uh, hanging around the Caprivi Houseboat uh, Safari Lodge. Um, and those are the most notable ones that I've, I've picked up on. I know that, um, talking about KZN, the St. Lucia estuary has been, has been cranking lately with... I mean, what's been seen there? Gullible turn. Sure, it's insane. Uh, Sooty turn. turns uh, popping up there. I'm sure it's just a matter of time until one of the, the lesser frigate birds arrives there as well. Yeah. Um, they seem to be quite regular every year. Well, it's quite cool. We also got, last week, we went in a little uh, and tried to get the grey-headed uh, kingfisher, and yeah. uh, we totally fell, drove up and down, tried to like look look at every every single person who's seen the bird, try to find their pin, and saw nothing. Yeah. And there was a, just was looking at the guys, and a farmer called Ashton Musgra- Musgrave, and they got a white-browed robin chat on their farm. And it's, you know, it's, what's really, what's really encouraging, I know there's a lot of people that aren't in the environmental side, that are, a lot of them are like against farming and that, but it's really, you know, this, you know, he really, he met us by the gate, took us to this bird. I mean, it was quite a, it was quite a trip from the gate to where he was, and this whole area where, the bird was seen. Um, you know, he's basically trying to rehabilitate, rehabilitate this place. He's been on the farm for about five years. And he's trying to rehabilitate this place back to see um, indigenous vegetation coming. And I think it's really, really cool. A nice bird, but I just, I love the story also that goes mm-hmm. with it. I think, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. It's a nice bird for, for area. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think, I'm sure BirdLife South Africa is involved in it, but I think there's quite a strong stewardship program where mm. um, farmers are actually subsidised by the government to leave a portion of their land to rewild and to stay indigenous so that we can have these little corridors where birds like us can pop up. And then, Tyron, you did a... I know you did a recent article that went up to Mount Park up in the southern Drakensberg, Midlands area. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. I know it's really... I, I know I've been there with you the first time and it's really a great place. I think it's... It's one of those places, in my opinion, is very underrated. I think it's one of the if people know what's there and they actually, I, I was, let me be honest. If the guys listen from it, they can just. To be honest, I looked at the accommodation from the outside. It didn't look great. 
But I started looking at the pictures that you posted, and the accommodation is stunning. It's really cool accommodation, and yeah, maybe tell us about some of the birds that are there. Yeah, well, firstly, it, it's by the, what they call the Inhulasani Mountain, and me and Adam went up last time. I say we went up, I, I nearly died, but what I discovered <laughs> on my recent trip is we actually only probably went not even halfway up. That was the plan. <laughs> Because me and me and Blessing went this time. We went all the way to the summit, and yo, I nearly died. And it became quite quite technical the climb as well in the upper elevation. So we eventually reached the top, which was quite quite an achievement. But the day before we arrived, um, well, the day we arrived on the Friday, we actually saw um, bearded vulture, mm. which is it's quite easterly distribution mm. from because normally it's only seen you know, along the Lesotho KZM border. Mm. So that was quite exciting. I even checked on Sabab, and it is the most easterly record on Sabab. Sure. It was, I mean, tied with another one, a different pentad, but it was, was quite interesting. I spoke to the owners, and they said, yes, they have seen it there before, but mm. it's quite quite a rare, rare bird to see. Have they not had um, um, better vulture pop up at uh, the vulture hide down at Oraby? No. N- never? No, they're waiting for one. They've okay. had... A, Lapid face, and they've had rupels. Yes. Uh, they just got palm nut the other day, which uh, is okay. interesting. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of the accommodation? The accommodation, we stayed in a quite unique accommodation. It was a caravan, but then built around the caravan was, was a cottage. So my wife and kids stayed in the caravan, and then me and Blessing stayed <laughs> outside the caravan, but still inside. So oh, okay. it was quite quite interesting, but very, very nice. And it had a private sort of fire pit area surrounded by huge trees which we're hoping to see wood elves in but mm. no luck unfortunately but yeah white starred robin around the forests mm. there chorister mm. robin there. chorister robin's like a pigeon there yeah, yeah. i love chorister robin it's a cool bird yeah. and then uh, calvin you did i know well, again recently did a trip to babananga it was your last year i know you won the you won it not babananga bonamanzi yes, yeah yes. bonamanzi i know time's going to babananga in yeah. december but yeah tell us about uh, bonamanzi i know you i know one thing you said about it, what you liked about it is you can walk around i know there's some stuff yeah. that's cool but yeah. you can walk around which is cool, quite cool so yeah just yeah. tell us a little bit about bonamanzi so so during lockdown uh, i won a, a competition they were they were giving away a five thousand rand accommodation voucher and um we had been there with some friends camping probably about three years prior and we were acting stupid we had a poiki pot and put like soot on our eyes <laughs> and wearing felt skin and also all sorts and then i submitted that photo and luckily i won during lockdown so it was one of the highlights of lockdown if i can say that yeah, we um, actually should ask for that photo to be posted and you can see the poster. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think, Chris? Exactly. And then, so as soon as um, domestic travel or intra-provincial travel opened up, we were able to go through. And um, exactly that. Anyone who's a birder in KZN knows that Bonamanzi is an absolute hotspot for birds. Um, so this was sort of the end of winter. I, I, think, I think I was there in August, if I'm not mistaken. And my target bird, being very optimistic because there was obviously no rain around, but it's very, it's, it can be a good spot for rosy-throated long claw. The reserve is a big four reserve, so there is elephants and, uh, and buffalo on the reserve. They have had leopard come through um, as well, and there are rhino, but um, obviously no lion on the reserve. And exactly that, they, you, you've got full walking access to the entire reserve. There, there's dams, there's a couple hides as well. Um, obviously, you can drive around in your game vehicle, and there's plenty... Four by four tracks and plenty driving tracks that you can uh, you can make use of on the on the reserve. 
uh, I think it's about four and a half thousand hectares, so it's a fairly large reserve. Um, and it also borders the, the Shishlui River, if I'm not mistaken, or the Imphalosi River. And this is obviously on the on the edge of the Smalangaliso Wetland Park, so it looks over uh, over the lake as well. You do do get some views of it. Um, and I mean, the birding any Zululand birding is fantastic. I got some great shots of pink-throated twin spot. Um, they were all over the place, all over the camps. Um, just in terms of accommodation options, there there's camping, there's lodge accommodation, there's a, there you got a wedding and a function venue as well. Um, there's a crocodile pen, so if you you know if you've got kids and 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 they're, they're not really interested <laughs> in birds. You can either throw them in the crocodile pen or go and watch them feed them and, and watch that. Watch, watch the kids being fed to them. Exactly, them, yeah. exactly. And, um, yeah, I mean, great reserve, highly recommended. And, again, um, I think we've, uh, we'd like them to go on our director as well so that other people can, can come across them. Oh, just saying, we'd like to do that, And, yeah, and just on a personal note, I went this morning, did a local trip, nothing to... It's no exotic location. Two of my favourite spots, probably in KZ, and I think we've at the, we had some really cool stuff at at um, uh, Thurlow by Midmar a couple of years ago. But we did the headed up early. The weather was meant to be atrocious, mm-hmm. and it didn't rain. It was still raining at two o'clock, and it was amazing. Okay. And started at um, Sadara, which is the agricultural college. Just if you want to get in there, simply just get to the gates. They're going birding. They'll let birding. You'll they'll let you in. Um, re- like probably about five or six red-chested dovetails calling. If oh. they were insane, like calling um, all over. Um, we, we didn't get to see any, unfortunately. And the um, marsh, the marshals were calling, and uh, we sent Zach in. And about I think about three or four of them came flying out. It was really cool. So and then we went to from there went to Thurlow. Um, obviously, your normal suspects, your lapwings. Um, didn't get any crown lapwing. Crown lapwing, surprisingly, got your uh, your black wing lapwing. The your crown dirt lapwings. You got to go to the Midmar Resort side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they like they like like short, freshly cut grass. Yeah. Yeah. We have got the crown there before. I've never got the crown yeah. at, at Thurlow. And then yeah, so anyway, we came around again and got the um, uh, blue crane there and all that type thing. But the, got again, there was a. Uh, a marsh owl hunting over the top it was mm. like, so cool like such a good morning of birding it was really really cool and the guys were got five species of snakes um uh, don't ask me what they were they were asked me to hold it and i, I touched the tail i touched the snake's <laughs> tail so that's like one step in the right direction i think so yeah we've also um which has been so cool um this was actually tyron's idea so we'll give you the credit for it um the spring fling youth challenge which is and i think part of it is is to just encourage birding amongst younger people. And there's even a 500 rand prize. Um, that Adam has donated. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we might, we might throw some other prize. We've got some stuff from Swarovski and that might put some other stuff along with it. But um, yeah, um, Daniel Engelbrecht is owning it. I mean, uh, I don't know what the numbers are like in terms of, uh, he's on 370 at the moment. There's still a, a month, two months to go. I mean, just get this, Daniel Engelbrecht is 17 years old. 17 years old and and i mean listen to this here his last birds squawker heron alan's gulanil white-backed duck african pygmy goose blue spotted wood dove i mean it's just this guy by the time he's like 40 is going to be like flipping insane mm. i mean anyone else i just see jordan ralph was owning it jordan ralph a well-known birder declan jordan one of our local birders and then our birding are actually our birding life ambassadors we've got um in sixth place um, Zach Simpson on 246, doing really well. I know he hasn't done a lot of trips in that. And then Tristan Nordia is another one of our ambassadors on 232 and then a little bit further down. 
is go right to the bottom to find Chris. <laughs> Jean-Ray Fester is on 156, and then Chris is, I'm just, my finger's still going, my finger's still going, oh, 118. That's yeah, not too bad, Chris, not too bad for a beginner. <laughs> yeah, any, any, any guess, let's, take it, let's put a number out there, any guess on where we think that Daniel, can, we, can Daniel break the 400 mark? I mean, it's, 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 I think it, he'll get to 500, to be honest. 500? Yeah. Big birding day is also coming up before the end of the competition. I'm not sure if he does Depends. It, the thing is, he's, he's, he might have exhausted his, his area, though. But he's in a good area. He's in Limpopo. Yeah. So. But what I'm saying is that he might, have, he might have hit all his good species in that area. Well, so now he's got to travel out. Now he's just got to speak to his father and well, say, exactly, oh, I want yeah. your holiday so he to needs transport. this location, to um, Zululand and to Cape Town. But I think, I, I think it's interesting. I wonder... Uh, I mean, we, we obviously don't know everyone that's taking part in the Spring Fling Challenge, but it would be really interesting to find out from from these youth guys, and I know, Chris, you've got some plans to chat to chat to some of the younger birders, but has this encouraged them uh, to go birding? Has this discouraged them in terms oh. of, you know, seeing someone that, that, that goes, you know, that, who's obviously a fantastic birder and take nothing away from him, but is that s discouraging in any way to see someone, you know, much further ahead of you and, you know, you lower down on the, on the list here? Um, obviously, the, the the whole point of bird lesser and any of these challenges is just to get you birding and to, for citizen science because mm. every every sighting and logging that you make is contributing towards a database and it helps uh, you know make make environmental decisions based on where birds are and their distributions. Um, but I mean, if it gets if it gets any of these birders out a little bit more than they would normally be. Well, then it's it's already achieved its goal, hasn't I, it? I, I do think I, I think about this today because honestly, when it comes to I know you don't really take part. It's you'll be in trouble if you did take part in a big birding day. But all honesty is that um, our team is not going to win big birding day. We mm. but but what's been interesting is that every year there's been an improvement. Yeah. And I think what's what's nice for the guys that take part is that when they take part in the challenge, it's a good opportunity to actually they might they might not win it. They might never win it. Mm. But I think sometimes I've heard that thing, you know, your biggest competition is not the person you're competing against, it's the person in, in, in the mirror. Yeah. And sometimes it's actually an opportunity to grow yourself to see how you're doing as a bird. But I think, you know, one thing I think has been so cool, and I think just to give a shout out, so we don't know everyone on the list. I'm sure there's been other stories. And I think uh, there actually is another one. I mean, Declan, Declan, um, I know Henny takes them all over and it's really cool. And I know also with um, Tristan Nodia, Steph Nodia's father, I mean, they've just, as a family, they've embraced this. And I think, you know, if there's anything that's cool about this, is it hasn't just been Tristan going out. His whole family has got behind us. Okay. And I know his mom wants Tr Tristan to win it. Okay. And and I think that's cool. I think this is what it's about. It's not, it's not, it, that's exciting. You know, it's a family doing this together. And it's, it's you know, the family's, the father's obviously Tristan seeing the birds, but the father's making sure he gets to locations to see birds. And and these guys are, these guys are taking it seriously. And they're doing, but again, having a lot of fun at the same time. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, just another thing, I just was thinking now, um, lockdown year, three months, we, we like flipping, we're like almost prisoners in our own houses. Mm -hmm. And then you get old Trevor Hardcore Hardica. Sure. I mean, this guy, like literally in the Cape, breaks the Western Cape, the, the 150 record for the amount of birds seen. I mean, he's like, I think he's like something 360 odd at the moment, something like that. Some number yeah, like that. Um, I think the most surprising thing for me in this whole challenge that he's been doing is that he twitched a dark cap bulbul the other day. <laughs> so, I mean, for, for those that don't know, the dark cap bulbul is one of the most common species in the whole of South Africa, yet it's clearly seldom found in the Western Cape, and I didn't even know that. 
I mean, I, I know that um, you get you get Cape Bulbul down there, which is uh, it looks very similar. It's just got a white R-ring, um, and then African red-eyed Bulbul, but uh, I'm not sure if that comes into Western Cape. I know it's more of a mm. sort of drier species, Northern Cape bird. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm surprised that that number is so low for for Western Cape that the record. And there was a pied wagtail, which is like yeah. I mean, I, it's, 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 I know it's it's cool. It's, it's just it's just like we see a pied wagtail, we literally just sneeze and a pied wagtail shows up outside the exactly, door. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I just I just trying to think where where's Trevor going to end this year? This is insane. Mm. I mean, mm. and and one thing about Trevor, if anyone listens, Trevor's one of those guys that makes sure that what he's seen is seen. He's not one of these. He's not a he oh, ain't, he ain't oh, no yeah. stringer. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Like, again, it's the same thing with, with Daniel. How many more birds can he see? Mm. And I think, you know, possibly, I don't know, 20 more birds. Can he, can he get 20 more birds in the Western Cape? It's, it's not a species rich as anywhere else in the country. Well, it, I hope for the OCD people out there, he at least gets to 400 or a round number. You know, that, <laughs> I think that, that, that if he gets to like 398 or something like that, that would be quite frustrating, I'm sure. So I, I, I do hope that he breaks that record well over 400. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised the Western Cape has got such a low number for that because, I mean, as we know, there's, there's people in KZN, for example, who have got one, well over 600 species. And that's, okay, that is including offshore, but it just shows, I mean, the Western Cape is a, is a, is a, is a unique biome in, in, in South Africa, so I actually expect that number to be a lot higher. No, but I think the, 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 the diversity of species there is a lot less than in, in mm. a lot of it. It's one of the lowest, I think as far as I know, it's one of the lower ones in the country. It's obviously not the career mm. in that. But, mm. I mean, the, the thing again is what, you know, as soon as you step out, I remember Noah Stricker with his big year, you step out, he's going to break a record. And you know, it's going to be like, bro, someone else next will be like, lockdown year? He did this exactly. year? Going exactly. Going after that. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, yeah I, hope, I hope Trevor gets an insane number. Um, yeah. Chris, I'm going to ask you to take someone's seat. I don't know whose seat you want to take. I think Tyrone's trying to get out the seat. And tell us about your spring, your not your spring, this is your youth birding podcast, which is launching. You'll give us a bit of a feel of where it's going to start and tell us about it. So this is Chris. He's been behind the the the, the, the scenes. So we just wanted to make sure that the ladies weren't going too crazy. I thought it was keeping behind the camera. So, yeah, so that's launching, I think. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. All right, so um, it, it actually became like a discussion that we had about starting a youth podcast. And um, I think it's more like a thing of uh, what are young birders thinking about mm. in the birding world? What, mm. are, what are we experiencing and what do we want to experience in the birding world? Um, so that's what the focus is actually going to be about the podcast. It's going to be a video podcast as well as an audio podcast. Um, and it's the first podcast is going to go up on the 17th of October. Awesome. So I uh, hope you guys get excited for it. Um, and I really just want to encourage all the younger birders to have a listen to it, um, but not only listen to it, to share it with their peers who might not be birding yet, because this is the, how we are actually going to grow the conservation is if we let more people know about birding and not mm. only let them know about it but also hear the awesome stories about it so yeah and i think you got your first guest lineup i think we can reveal who is the first guest so the first guest is daniel engelbrecht awesome. so yeah. so the number one spring fling guy we we're going to interview him and see what makes him tick and how many birds he's i mean how many birds he's strung and <laughs> how many He's just added onto the list when he had a couple of. Oh wait, sorry, he was he's youngster. Oh, yeah, so he has too, too, he, he's in too many pars. Yeah, too many pars. <laughs> yes, too many pars. Too oh, many yes, pars. he's the par man. He's eh? the par yeah, man, yeah. 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 Well, so, Chris, we're looking forward to it. We are super pumped for it. So. And again, I'm sure you know, just to put the word out there, 
there's anyone listening internationally that wants to talk about youth birding in their area and their country, what's going on in your your area, get in touch with Chris. And, mm. and yeah. uh, you know, how, how amazing would that be to speak to people from all over the world, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's not just going to be a, a local birding thing. I want to hear what a person in Peru thinks about yeah. birding and what yeah. a person in Australia thinks about birding because mm. what I think about birding might not necessarily be what they think about it in South America mm. and Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And we're looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah shut sure, Chris. So, okay, bring Tyron back time. in for the last... Okay, so we just... Yeah, we've last question. I mean, it's been cool having us having a chat. Last question I want to ask us, and this is just on a totally unrelated note to any of what you're saying. What is your biggest nemesis bird? What is the bird that, that, that everybody says exists, but you honestly know it does not exist? Everybody, everybody else has strung it. Which is that nemesis bird? I know for Chris, it's, an Indian, it's, a, it's a common miner. Oh, yeah, you, you, you saw it today. Yeah, Chris would be looking hard for a common miner or a bulbul. You got to travel through your bulbul. It's a finfoot. Finfoot. Okay, yeah, okay. sorry, Chris. I'll, I'll let Tyron go because um, the, 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 yes. this, one, this one makes my blood. Hardy dog. The green barbet. Uh, green barbet. Can I tell you a funny story about the green barbet? We go to, we go to, we go to, we go there, we go to the forest. Everything's there, all should be seen. Myself and Zach have seen it. Tyron has not seen it. Tyron and Chris was also there, weren't you there, Chris? They have not seen it. Guess who sees it? Myself and Zach. The two who did not see it, they didn't see it. So, yeah, sorry, Tyron. I think I've been there three or four times, and all I've done is broken my neck and not seen it. The question is, does it exist? Well... Until I see it, it doesn't. <laughs> I, th- I think just for, for the benefit of the listeners and, and the watch, uh, the viewers as well, is that the green barbet is, is such an interesting bird because it's it's literally isolated in one forest in the whole of South Africa. And uh, that forest is, is uh, in Goy Forest, which is uh, Isambelo located in wildlife. So it's a, it's a government-managed uh, uh, forest. And it's, it's so isolated. As I said, it's only found in that forest in the whole of South Africa. The only other place... In the world, I stand to be corrected. It's found in, is in some forests in East Africa, mm. Ken, t- uh, Kenya, Tanzania area. Um, so it really is a special bird in South Africa. And um, I, I must say, I think I tried the first time I tried for it, I missed. The second time I missed, I got it on the third attempt, and I had to use a guide. So I know mm. it's not an easy bird. So don't feel too mm. bad. Yeah, mm. yeah exactly. Um, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll jump into mine. <laughs> the bird that that does not exist is the African broadbill. I don't know who named it or saw it or where people keep fabricating all these pictures from, but that bird does not exist. And it's so much so it doesn't exist that it was seen and photographed beautifully about a week ago as a crow flies probably about 10 kilometers from my house oh, in Belito. So um, so that is my absolute nemesis bird. It's, it's, it's also an absolutely iconic bird in South Africa. It's the only member... Of its family, we we get you in South Africa, um, and um, yeah, it's just evaded me so many times. And and it's, you know, the problem with these kinds of birds is that, <laughs> frustratingly, or well, as bad as it sounds, that you'll get newer birders that'll come back and say, oh yeah, I got it. A kuma singer hard at Nkuzi, it's easy. Or you know, the, 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 the people have seen this thing so often, and it's just so frustrating having not seen it yet. I think someone's actually photoshopped a f- uh, flycatcher or something. Well, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then mine is, I know it was. Yeah, sitting on in a in a building the other day was is a buff spot of flaptail. Ah, yes, I've looked for those things. I'm sure oh, people put speakers yeah. speakers into the bush and they just like just to like, you know. I think these are actually put there just to, yeah. you know, make us buy bird books because they yeah. they need enough pages to paint. And I, I honestly, I, so 
if anyone's out there and you want to help us, one of us find it to, to prove that they they do exist, yeah, just drop us an email. We would we would accept any help we can get. Yeah, absolutely. Tyron will pay you with lots of wine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's been good. This is the first of our Burning Life um, show. It's a monthly show. And yeah, like you heard, we're going to talk about whatever. We'll talk about some other stuff in, the sh- in future shows. And yeah, we might have some guests sometime, but it's just going to be a lot of fun. So it's been good having a chat, guys. Um, thanks for being a part of this. Mm. And thanks we will chat next time. Cool. All the awesome. best. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comment section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there do not forget to follow the birding life on instagram and facebook we really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts be sure to check out bird lasser and download the app on either ios or android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation as well as sarovsky optic one of the world's leading producers of binoculars monoculars and spotting scopes So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.